Hey, you all, a special thank you to our amazing and growing Patreon.com patrons. Terry, Erica, Stephanie, Suze, Diane, Andrea, Barbara, Anna, Jenny, Robin, Joseph, Jennifer, and our forever first, Trisha. As Patreon patrons, they get early access to our episodes, my eternal gratefulness for helping us express our love for all things Project Runway. And if you're unfamiliar with Patreon.com, it's a wonderful little site whose mission is to support creative work. There, you can make a small donation of support to the podcast to help out with production costs. And if you'd like to become a Patreon patron, visit our page on Patreon.com forward slash The Workroom Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. The link is also in the show notes. Now let's get to it. I think that Christian's very talented and there's nothing wrong with having a high level of confidence, but I think that Christian is very immature. Deconstruct Anna. Make it your own. Deconstruct, great. Somebody needs to give him a bottle and send him to bed. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do with this? I feel like I'm in first grade. Please deconstruct. Wow, I did that when I was in fashion school. Christian is like a cartoon character. <laughs> There's so much yakking and bitching. If I had hair on my head, I'd want to tear it out. Oh my god, I'm gonna die of barfness. So disgusting. Like, god, this is not how fashion is. All you lovely listeners, welcome back into the workroom, a labor of love dedicated to Project Runway. I'm Arnez, and Project Runway never gives me the blues. And I'm Patricia, and me and my friends, we are designing cement galoshes. <laughs> welcome back, Patricia. <laughs> Thank you for having me. So glad to have you back. Um, as always, and um, grateful to you listeners as well. Thank you so much for um, going along with us. We are in the midst of our vintage journey through season four. And today we're going to be talking about episode nine. And to remind you all, uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us about your thoughts about this season, feel free to email us at intheworkroom at gmail.com. That's intheworkroom at gmail.com. And also we're on Instagram at The Workroom Podcast and on Facebook if you feel comfortable being there, uh, along with our great community who are sharing a ton of stuff on that page. That's facebook.com forward slash The Workroom. And that's also where um, I'll drop the cheat sheet. But you can also find the cheat sheet in your show notes. And the cheat sheet is a um, basically a visual of the final runway. Um, and this week, it is also in runway order. Um, and to let you in, um, Patricia and I just recorded our bonus episode number four, where Ooh. we talked about the cover of Vogue UK. So we had a whole conversation about that where um, if you guys, if you guys don't know it, but, but Vogue um, International is having an international, I guess, cover conversation about 
a number of issues, but Vogue UK is dedicating their cover to honoring um, activists. So yes, talk about that. So join us on there. Um, if you're not a Patreon patron, then you can join us there at the level of making it work. I think that's what I call it. Yeah, the, the Patreon level is making the podcast work, um, where your contributions will essentially go towards helping us <laughs> maintain um, a an internet presence with um, with our podcast. So like hosting charges and things like that. All right. So let's get into this episode. Um, but Patricia, was there anything that you wanted to talk about from our past episode? Or do you want to? No. Okay. No, I thought you and Nayland did a great job breaking it down. Very enjoyable podcast from you two once Yay. again. It was so fun. What a fun, fun episode. I mean, it's okay. I have to bring up the so but Nayland brought this up. Um, and I also have it in my notes because when we get into these episodes, of course, there's the replay from the last episode. And the funniest thing was Christian Siriana brandishing shears at Tim when Tim was like, here are all the twisty twists and turns and all the extra things that we're going to put on you. You're already sleep deprived. So we want you to do extra work. And Christian was like, I'm going to stab you. I'm going to stab <laughs> you with these shears. Um, it was great. He's so dramatic. So <laughs> melodramatic. So dramatic. <laughs> and he sounds like, he basically sounds the way Okay. <laughs> I apologize. I'm sorry for starting out with a tangent right away. It's all right. Go ahead. But I don't want to put off the viewers so soon. Um, but it's like he sounds like the pre vocal fry um, era of infantilizing female voices. Yeah. <laughs> or actually, I should say, well, vocal fry is not infantilizing, but it kind of can be. So I think that. This, this is the era where that kind of became, or Valley Girl, and you know, mm -hmm. Ernest, you know how much I enjoy to use the Valley Girl <laughs> accent to make fun of middle uppers with, who, with a superiority complex yeah, and who yeah. think they're better than others. Yeah. Mm -hmm, you know? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> but I think this era, it was like Valley Girl redo, yeah. pre vocal fry. And I think, Christian, this episode, is on that mode I'm the entire time. I, I'm so glad you brought that up because the intro <laughs> to the podcast, and you won't hear this until you re-hear re it, but it really is Christian Siriano on Vocal Fry 100. Just to the masses, you can hear it in the rafters. You can't, you can't understand a thing he's saying, but you can hear the rumbles of the back of his throat. It's just like, oh my God, like seriously. <laughs> This is the sound that people are like, is this what millennials sound like? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, what is going on here? These is this a is this a thing? Is this a generational thing? And I don't think it is necessarily, but it definitely was rumbling around somewhere. Like I don't think I have vocal fry, but No, I, I don't. don't. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. If you have local fry, it's totally fine. Exactly. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. But Christian <laughs> Siriano's vocal fry is sort of like a seasoning on top of his already like snarkiness. It really is. like. <laughs> it really is. It's just like snark fest paella with yeah. like vocal fry um, <laughs> paprika on extra. Yes. You just know? pour it on there. Um, but also, let's see okay but also in the replay we saw that we lost christian siriano's best friend kit 
without a lot of pomp and circumstance. And it seems as if, as we enter this episode, that Victoria also doesn't remember that we lost Kit because it's just sort of Kit just like slid away because she keeps calling Sweet Pea Kit in their mm-hmm. apartment. Um, and I'm just like, are you just Freudian slipping all over the place with this? Or just, you just never, I, I feel as if Victoria hates Sweet Pea. And it, I, there, there is no evidence for that. It's just that she keeps calling Sweet Pea Kit. And, or she was just like, you two look alike. I don't see a difference between the two of you. You're the same person. And just one of y'all left and I just cho- choose to use the, the shortest name, Kit. Um, I mean, they do look alike. They do look alike. Really? I don't think they do. Well, they were I talking do. to each other all the time. I think they were more friends I mean, they, with each other than I mean, Victoria. Personalities, they were different. Like, I find, yeah. I, I do find Sweet Pea just insufferable. I know. And I did I like Kit. But they kind of do look alike. Hmm. Well. To me. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, Victoria. So you're in, like, really good company. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> And so in the boy's apartment, because that's the girl's apartment, we go to the boy's apartment, um, we learn that no one from their place has been eliminated. So remember, the the last boy from the other boy apartment was Kevin. And I always re- wondered why Kevin never had to move in with anyone else, because they made Victoria move in with Sweet Pea and Kit. But that's because it's full. They're, you know, none of them, they're still there. So it's Rami, Christian, Chris, um, and Ricky, I believe. I think that's all that's in that, that apartment. Um, yeah. All right. So we had to, from the Gotham City Apartments, we go to the runway to meet with Heidi Klum, where we have that segment of the episode where they get to choose models. But for this one, it's just two where... The, the previous winner gets the option of swapping the models out. And so they bring everyone out or just choosing whoever they want. And it's Christian is, was the winner of last week's um, extravaganza of avant-garde organzaness. And um, Christian chooses to stay with the previous model, Lisa. So we lose Kit's model from last week, which I, I think as we kind of go through, it's also a blow because I feel as if, we don't get to see the models interacting with the designers, but I, but I think, you know, this is sort of like by kit forever because Marie was her favorite model. Mm. Um, and then Heidi again does that thing where she doesn't give them the actual challenge. She goes, designers, are you ready to hear your challenge? She goes, yeah. She goes, well, Tim's going to tell you all about it in the workroom, you know, whatever it's, <laughs> but this time she's like, Tim is waiting for you all in the lobby to take you on a little field trip because she loves, I think torturing them with no information. <laughs> That's what she thinks makes good TV. I know. It's just like, ooh, this is expensive. Where are we going? Um, but there is a there is a field trip. They go downstairs and it really looks like a school now. So they're going down the, the, the stairs of the old new school building to meet with Tim in the lobby. And um, Tim is just like, yes, so we're going to go in a little van. They're going to go in an actual van, not Lyft, not an Uber. Not an Uber. It's a cargo van. Um, and they're going on a trip. They're going, they're, they're just driving, driving, driving. And, you know, I don't know if you make note of these vocal fries from Christian Siriato. Where are we going? Are we going somewhere <laughs> fabulous? Where are we going, Tim? 
<laughs> the thing I, I thought was just too precious was um, Christian saying, oh, so it's definitely Burrow. We're going across the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, yeah, there are boroughs. And you know what? Christian probably lives in Brooklyn now. I know. So. Exactly. It's like that was a time before Brooklyn was a global brand. Before we talk about exporting, like we exported the culture of what we thought is Brooklyn. Um, before, mm. you know, prices shot up sky high and Manhattan was still the city. Because we don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't even really call Manhattan the city anymore. Um, I never did. You know, I always had such a hang up about that because remember, I'm not from New York City, right? Yeah. So when people say the city to me, it's like, oh, they're from somewhere in the five boroughs. I don't right. automatically think Manhattan. So I spent a lot of time being like, oh, you're going to the city. Uh, you say that, but you are in the city. What the heck do you mean? You know? <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, But then again, I had a friend tell me like, hey, this is just what we say in Sheepshead Bay. People just call it the city. You know, we don't think we're separate from it. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know? <laughs> it's, like, it's like you live here, you very... learn it. <laughs> yeah, but I still never call it the city. Like, you know, I, I've lived in I've lived in actually three of the five boroughs, and I still say each borough specifically. And I think when I say the city, I it means five boroughs yeah. to me. Yeah. Same. I mean, when I'm upstate, um, for instance, like, you know, when I'm in Rochester, uh, they call it, they use like downstate, but I feel like some people do get sensitive even up there when you, you refer to New York as New York and not as New York City. So it's, so even up there, I'm like, New York City, you have to be very specific because we are in New York State, yeah. but right. we can't just right. say it's, you know, it's like all these, all these things. But what I love is the, the blatant poo pooing of, outer boroughs i know um, but also that poo-pooing doesn't stop there it continues as they roll up to what looks like at first i thought it was red hook but i think it's a navy yard which is also I thought the same i thought it was a navy yard yeah which is interesting because it's authority you know it's like it has to be the navy yard it has to be the navy yard and so so they they come up here and it's this you know 2007 version of the navy yard and um they meet with they walk towards i guess tim left them to go and, and meet with the person they're meeting with um and it's caroline calvin who is the senior vice president of design for levi i had to pause the video and actually write this down so i could take her name in um because no one knows who she is because jillian's like oh my god yeah we're in brooklyn and jillian describes it as we are on this pier overlooking the East River into Manhattan. I'm like, Jillian, you're in Brooklyn, okay? Just like, you're in Brooklyn. She's like, we are in this otherworldly land across the river, but still we can see Manhattan. And we find this woman who we don't know who she is. Anyway, that's, that's how By I'm the way, I, I just want to say that I, I don't mind your fake accent for Jillian. I have a lot of fun with it. I think it's it, it's. Thank it's you for encouraging me, <laughs> No, but th this is fun. It's supposed to be fun, not accurate. <laughs> I know, I know. So uh, let me do it again. So Jillian says, <laughs> "The pier overlooking the East River into Manhattan." There was this lady. We don't know who she is. Is the worst. That's the worst. That's so terrible. <laughs> I didn't prepare at all. I just gave up. Anyway. Next week, I'm going to go back on my Jillian track just in time for nailing. So. 
So anyway, so Tim is standing in front of what looks like, along with Caroline, Calvin, they're standing in front of what looks like this huge industrial door. And of course, above it says like Port Authority on top of it. And Tim like waves this like magic wand and the door starts rolling up because behind the door is there are there raw materials for their next challenge. So they have no idea what they're doing. The, the, the door comes up and it's a warehouse, a very empty, dusty warehouse. Um, and way, way off into the distance, there are clotheslines with hundreds and hundreds of pairs of 501 jeans. And according to Tim, 100 yards of white cotton fabric. And then, for some reason. say it again? For some reason. Yeah, for, you know, it's there. It's there. Um, Caroline, um, who she, like, she doesn't really open her mouth very wide, but she goes, um, your challenge is to create an iconic denim look of your choice that captures the spirit of originality and creativity that has lived in the heart of Levi Brands. But while her mouth is like barely open, Chris March's mouth is like a gate because I think it's like flashbacks perhaps to the first episode because this looks just like it, except it's in a warehouse in Brooklyn. So if we'll remember the first episode, they took them to Bryant Park where the tents will be and way off into the distance are these other tents very small tents where they made them run across the lawn to get to their raw materials and so they're going to do the same thing with them in this warehouse this time they get laundry bags and three minutes (laughs) to haul ass and put as much as of, of the jean and cotton materials they can into their laundry bags so they let them loose um they run as fast as they can. Sweet Pea loses a shoe because she's wearing flip-flops. Um, something that, you know, uh, is bad, you know, if you just don't know where you're going to go, unfortunately. So she's running. They're running through this filthy, filthy floor. And it's just kind of, um, I don't know. I don't know how would you re- describe this. It just looked like they were stealing. <laughs> like, like stealing shit. Um, it, was, it was kind of insane. The, not a lot of people had or we didn't hear a lot of strategy from people um, except for Rami who um, the same thing with the, the the challenge where they had to go to the Hershey store where mm-hmm. he just has this incredibly straight posture and they had five minutes in that store where he was just like jumping over things but just like had this straight up and down just so so uh, I don't know, so prim and, and hurried. Same thing with this. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to go for all the dark pairs of jeans. And so with this very straight up and down upper torso, just like ripping things. And then you have, you know, Sweet Pea and Ricky just like leaping over everyone. Um, I think Jill got the, like the light, Jillian got the light colored um, jeans. Um, and mm-hmm. then Victoria was basically just claiming everything that was on the ground that, Chris March wanted because he was like is this yours she's like that's mine is this yours that's mine too is is anyone yeah. this? Beth, this is mine these are all mine on the floor these are mine so um yeah so it's essentially that just them grabbing things off the clotheslines that they set everything up on and then they jump back into their cargo van and head back to the workroom at Parsons 
All right. So once they get back to Parsons, you get a little bit more information about how they're going to do this because they're not going to the mood this episode. They're Levi's has given them all the other notions that they need. So any kind of like, you know, um, what, what do you call those? Those haberdasheries or the is that right? Is that the right word? Basically buttons hat, and hat making. Oh, no. Haberdashery. I think it's specifically kind of styling accessories usually for men so like okay. hats uh ties pocket squares things never like mind. that that's the hat with dashery yeah i really i like that word a lot and i never I did too. Really looked it up i was hoping that that was appropriate to use but no they're not haberdashery. but you know they're what i'm notions. not that's just what i th- think about i i have um i i haven't looked it up recently okay maybe it means more maybe, than that maybe it is right and i just don't know well essentially it's just like buttons or the things that you would see on a pair of jeans so um those like little notches and hardware essentially that they're giving them um yeah so so of course whenever this is a, a thing um they have to pull out all of their um their materials but i think what's important to point out here is that they only have a day to do this challenge mm-hmm. and this is essentially another instance where they have to rip apart um, clothes that have already been sewn and put them together very similar to the um, the challenge with their clients who had lost a tremendous amount of, amount of weight so factoring in the time it takes to um, to to seam rip and then they want them to make something that's iconic. I, you know, again, it's, I feel so sorry for these designers because they're yeah. being asked to do very impossible things for consistently. I think more consistently than, than I'm, than we're used to seeing on the, like the later, um, or I, I would say the more recent versions of the Bravo, um, mm. version of, of Project Runway. Um, yeah. So, we also, I think, get a little bit more info about Rami in particular and also also Ricky. Um, first of all, we have Ricky, who I would say um, he's like, you know what? What's iconic, an iconic thing to do is like a corset. You know, and I'm, I'm, I am a lingerie designer, so I'm going to do a corset. And I was like, yeah, because you saw how great that went for Rami last week. But um, for, you know, Ricky's pulling this out. And also, it's also confirmed that Ricky makes his own hats because like, oh, I love denim. Sometimes I put denim in my hats that I make. I made this hat, this trucker hat that every, that, you know, the, the, whatever, mm. that I wear every, every day. So it makes sense why he's wearing those hats inside now because... He, he makes them. Um, it looks as if Rami got the most material with his straight back, <laughs> but also starts talking a little bit about how, you know, I'm, I'm not specifically an American designer. It's like, okay, all right. I, I wonder what the producer asked him there. He's like, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, un-American in my take on design, which means I'm more fashion forward and more edgy. So this is such, such a gathering of horse feathers, as far as I'm concerned. A gathering because, of horse feathers. 
I don't know what else to say. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like a bouquet of horse feathers. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Because do you know what people outside of America think American fashion is? Fast forward. Yeah. Forward thinking. <laughs> like, modern, amazing, free, rule-breaking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So when you when you say like I'm not exclusively an American designer, I'm more fashion forward. I don't even know. I mean, I'm not. Of course, there are fashion forward thinkers working in fashion all over the globe, but yes. that you know, America and, and specifically you know the U.S. dominates just economically that landscape. So yes, you know, France and UK does too, but it's like. Both of those powerhouse spaces for fashion, France and the UK, are mm-hmm. still relatively conservative, with exceptions. You mm-hmm. know, McQueen, Galliano, of course, there are exceptions. Yes. But yes. it's like those exceptions are very much in dialogue with what's going on in the US that is fashion forward. So, oh, oh Rami, just, just stop, stop combing your hair. <laughs> stop combing your hair, you know? It's so interesting because Rami, so we got a little bit of bad Rami from last week with his pairing up with Sweet Pea and how he just really tortured her. <laughs> like, I don't think there could have been a, a nice edit of that. I don't think they could have edited in any more of Rami that would make him more sympathetic to me. I, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll speak for myself because mm-hmm. it was just sort of nonstop this level of neuroses and also this rigidness where he's like, Oh, Oh my God, I can't take the way you work. So, you know, of course, before he was paired up with Jillian and I think that they were just very lucky that the two of them are very overbearing and mm-hmm. very into the details. And um, there is a little bit more I would say, yeah, they're both neurotic, but in very different ways, but their energies didn't really clash in terms of their process. And then you have Sweet Pea, yeah. who was like, wearing flip-flops, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and she's... just kind of, you know, yeah, just very much, she doesn't sketch, you know, we learned that too. And so we have a little bit more rigidity from Rami, where it's like, he doesn't really know about or cares about what actually is happening in fashion in the United States and has like, you know, whatever we'll, we'll figure out a little bit more from him as we go along in this season, I guess. Um, But it just really makes no sense. And so it's like, how could you say something that's so general? Um, Just talk about who you are. And also what does that mean? American designer? Of course, there are so many facets to it. Just as long as it's just, just as it means like they're different um, facets of Israeli design as well. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but speaking of sweet pea, so <laughs> sweet pea is, uh, you know, she has a problem because she dropped all of her, her jeans on this, that dirty, dirty, dirty warehouse floor and just like drag them around with her feet. And like, she rolled around the mud as well a little bit. So she's trying to figure out how to clean them. And she inadvertently starts a fight. <laughs> She's just like, starts this fight between Chris March and, and Christian Siriano. Because she's like, Chris, you're smart. You have a lot of experience. How do I get dirt out of this? I've just got the, I'm going to pick the dirtiest pieces of fabric that I got. And I'm going to try to make an outfit out of it. Because we have a nut time for that. And so Chris is like, I wouldn't worry about it until after you're done sewing. Just get it together 
And then, Mm -hmm. then you wet, you damp wet it or wet damp it. You wet Mm -hmm. pat it. Basically use water. So Christian Ciano chimes in and is like, no, listen, dry. It's all about dry. And we have a wet versus dry drama here. Um, But it also starts again, this fight where the whole workroom seems to chime in about how much they are annoyed by Christian and his voice <laughs> starting with Chris. And his, yeah. And his, you know, thinking he's better. Oh yeah. The arrogance. Um, the arrogance. Yes. I, I, I would say like, cause Christian comes up with like, Oh my God, like the word of the day is deconstruct. Oh my God. Like, Oh, I feel like I'm going to die of barfness. And I don't know. <laughs> I, you can't wear headphones on the show. It is hilarious to me to hear all of the little isms that come out of his mouth. But I, I know it's really annoying, especially when it's nonstop and when it sounds like that. <laughs> so. I, it, my favorite reaction to all of this was Chris. Give him a bottle so he can shut up or something like that. <laughs> Put him to bed. Can we just put him, put him to, to bed? bed? Yeah. <laughs> Can we give him a bottle and put him to bed? I'm okay That's with the baby pretty... jokes. You know, I'm just like, I'm not, I, I, I love it. More baby jokes. Well, you're going to act <laughs> like <Christian>. baby. <laughs> um, there's a little bit of a talk with Victoria, um, who is still team talks like this. And I, we just haven't heard much from her. Uh, especially except for her reactions to things, which is generally negative. Um, she's very annoyed by things or very nonplussed by things or, you know, passive aggressive about things. But we learned that she's into fashion because her mother is her inspiration for fashion, who um, growing up, um, Victoria would sketch out what she wanted. And then she's like, and my mom would make it for me. Anything that I wanted. I don't know if I'm being mm. fair to her. She's like, anything that I wanted. I would sketch it out and my mom would make it. That's my inspiration. I was like, how is that your inspiration? I think that's, that's great that your mom could like kind of eyeball some stuff or, or take what you wanted to do or what you wanted and then, and then make it into a garment. That's great. Um, but it's like, I don't know. All right. Great. Thanks Victoria for sharing that. Um, next. <laughs> There's just not much to say about Victoria. We'll we'll talk about it later. Um, We also get to see a little bit of the sketches and inspirations for our other designers. So Christian, apparently they were given a dossier of Levi's uh, trends and and their designs. And Christian was inspired by a, a trucker outfit, I think, but like maybe for like a menswear slant. So he decided to do an, a biker outfit for women's wear, a biker trucker inspiration type deal. Right. Because a trucker jacket isn't borough at all. Right. Is. (laughs) Interesting. How funny is that? So you're going to like make us, you know, sneer at the boroughs, but then make a trucker jacket. Okay, Christian, let's see what you do. <laughs> Good point there. Good point. Huh. Interesting. Because let's not go into it. Like, where would you see the truckers in Manhattan? Um, you'd see them coming from, well, there are a lot of like, well, if you want to talk about where the trucks are, like the Bronx. 
<laughs> yeah. Of, like depots up there. But hmm, interesting. So yeah. now, now we see them everywhere because there's this like, what I call it, like class camouflage where people buy that to look hipster, but they're right. not really truckers. They just like that aesthetic and look, you know, but that's, that's still a very particular affect. Interesting. You know? I wonder if also a bit of the inspiration could come from Ricky's hats. Oh. And it's sort of like osmosis. Like he he doesn't know it, but he's inspired by Ricky and his hats. Yeah. While saying things like some people shouldn't be here. You oh, know, yeah. Just, I thought that was so rude. Let's you know, like Ricky came Ricky walked into the workroom and Christian just went blah. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my God, if I had been there, my annoying older sister vibes would have kicked in so hard and I would have been like, you need to tone it down yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> because, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's super mean. <laughs> And I don't like, okay, I shouldn't say it. It's so strong. Ricky annoys me to no end. And I have to like try really hard to um, not go in on Ricky and not to be biased because, you know, I feel like Ricky brings out some of my deep seated issues with showing emotions. (laughs) And I recognize that in myself, but (laughs) Ricky is also annoying objectively. Um, He sounds annoying. He says annoying things. And, um, you know, he's got like this deep seated insecurity that comes out in annoying ways. It's so inconsistent, but it's kind of like, I would not pile on to any of that as, you know, knowing yeah. that he has that and is also struggling with, um, being accepted there. So what we're talking about is, um, um, like a back and there was a back and forth between Chris and Christian, which is wonderful because I feel like Chris and Christian bicker and they have real fights like their siblings now um and then they have these get-togethers where it's like oh like what are you doing over there what are you doing over there like mm-hmm. they're, they're just you know friends mm-hmm. and so um i think one of the one of them says wow it's getting really quiet in here and i think it was chris march who was like yeah you know it's yeah it's really really hitting that um, it gets quieter and it's hard, especially since your faves are being eliminated. And and then Ricky walks in and then Christian kind of says, yeah, and the annoying ones are still here. Reference Referencing Ricky. Um, and so what's interesting is that there's a talking head with Ricky where he starts to... Um, this is crazy. Like I'm listening to... Anyway, I'm not... Where he starts to share that he he feels the tension and recognizes that people are giving him looks and so it must be quite obvious and it's not just a talking behind your back thing and um we're led to believe via ricky that it's the whole workroom that he's like yeah so like there are eyes on me and i i get it where people are looking at me like why are you here and we know that some of the motivation from chris christians is that um christian thought that Ricky should have gone home last week, not his best friend, Kit. And while I kind of agree, <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree with that. Um, I, you know, it's sort of the rules of this season where if you're the leader of the group, most likely you're going to go home if your team loses, which is unfortunate. But and so I get it, it's annoying. But on the flip side, when I OK, 
What I think is interesting is that we're finally getting some confidence from Ricky where he's like, listen, guys, um, here is my CV. I was the assistant designer, assistant designer for Valentino lingerie. I work with Oscar de la Renta. I was a VP of lingerie for Vera Wang. Uh, I know in fact that I'm a great designer and it's, interesting because that was not around a couple of weeks ago or I would say yeah. maybe a couple of interviews ago and he said he said this thing that I actually again like I can't stand Ricky but then sometimes he says things and I'm like oh my god I like what you said mm-hmm. um, Ricky said something like um, they don't know that I have the experience that I have right and yeah that was something I could relate to in Ricky. It's like people thinking like, oh, she's doing all this work and she hasn't read that book. And I'm like, yeah, I have read it. I just think differently about it than you. Right. But um, so I, you know, this feeling of like, I have the experience I have was that is one of the lines that make this show. That's a really good line. And and that should be more of a theme. Yeah. Yeah. In this show, in this series. Because think about it in contrast with Christian. Siriano, who is the youngest designer this season, yet we know more about his resume than anyone else. Yeah. Maybe besides Rami, who talks. Right. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just digging into Jessica Alba. That's like a joke. He doesn't like brag about Jessica Alba all the time, but it was a thing. But, um, you know, we sort of know Christian's bona fides. And I also wonder about Ricky. There. what I do relate to him is this sort of like deep seated insecurity about your qualifications. And I also Mm -hmm. question whether or not he is used to being in circles where people don't assume that he is the VP of such and such, or Mm -hmm. that he is the, you know, assistant designer for blah, blah, blah. Um, Because I would say that he really did give off this vibe at the very beginning. And this could also be chalked up to editing how they've, characterize Ricky for us as this person who came from dance and um, inspired by dance and lingerie uh, experience. We're mostly feeling that through the judges because it's very clear to me that, and I think to all of us that the judges know who he is. I think Nina Garcia knows him. I think Michael Kors knows him and I think they know him as the VP of lingerie for blah, blah, blah. Mm. But I don't think in the workroom, um, and I and I would I would I would just sort of speculate that in the workroom he's probably the most experienced in the industry, one of the most experienced in the industry there. But um, because of these, here I am psychoanalyzing Ricky. But like these deep seated insecurities, he presents himself in this really um, this this very uh, discountful way, if that's a word, where he discounts himself, mm. but also. Um, put so much pressure because he kind of like devalues his experience at the same time in a way. Yeah. And I I also think that this is one area where I'm like, yeah, you don't have any, I I don't know. Like sometimes when you don't spend, I mean, I think everybody can relate to this. Sometimes if we spend time with people who are, have so many different experiences than us, Mm -hmm it's hard to sort of like know what to do. And I think Ricky um, constantly feels like he does. I think Ricky has imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right? 
Yes. Like, basically, he's like, oh, my God, I, I, I don't see anybody else like me. Everybody knows more than me. Everybody has more money than me. Everybody yeah. has more, 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 more. And, oh, gosh, here I am struggling. And, oh, my God, I have so much pressure. This would mean so much for me. And, and it's like, I kind of get that point of view. Yeah. But it is like, okay, if you just please relax, please take a few deep breaths, and please don't get in your own way. Right. You know? That is what I wish Ricky would do is don't get in your own way. Just trust, like trust this thing you said for two seconds. I have the experience I have. You should be thinking that all the time. Right. You know, just to get through it. (laughs) Yeah. Ruminate on that. And it's easier said than done, of course. Um, And what, what, while you're saying that it reminded me of his previous talking heads where he, what he ruminated out loud in the opposite direction where he's like, yeah, you just don't know one day if you're good or if you suck. And I was like, I think he that I think those are the voices in his head that he's constantly fighting against. Um, And then it's uh, it's really hard, of course, to be filmed in the middle of this war that's going on with you emotionally and psychologically Mm -hmm. and technically. And so um, but what I really appreciate about it is I think I think this is the I think this is the moment where he says that. Where he's like, you know what, I'm just going to um, forget about the judges and not care whether or not they like what I'm making. I'm I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to make what I want and do what I want and do what I know best. And I know how to make a corset. And I also wonder, again, so this makes me think about if he saw Rami's corset from last week was just like, fuck off, Rami. That is a terrible corset. I can yeah. run circles around you corset wise and so i'm going to show you i'm going to show you what a corset looks it's like like who are you kidding who are you fooling that's not a corset <laughs> anyway yeah so yeah i i agree this this moment was kind of mean girlish um and to use that term um from the movie that i that i really love anyway um Did you like that movie i love that movie Oh my gosh. I, really I saw like, it once and I was like, why am I watching this? This I is like, not good. I really like Mean Girls. I actually have only seen it once. And when I did watch it, um, I liked it a lot. I'm a okay. Tina Fey. Um, anyway. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, uh, yes. So there's, we move on to four, we have four hours until the end of the day. And we do learn a little bit more about what everyone else is making. And we have, this is before Tim comes in. Um, and Chris March shares that he's making the iconic thing that he's interpreting is the little black dress. So then with denim, he's making into the little blue dress. And we also learn a little bit more about Chris's process, which is essentially wooing the garment because he loves to talk out loud and tell his dress, you're so cute. Look at you. All oh, it's denim. Like, you're just so adorable. Look at you. You're fantastic. <laughs> they work it out. They work it out. I love it. Okay. So we, then we, we have our time with Tim. Um, so Tim comes in for the critique for the day. The first person Tim goes to is Ricky. And Ricky gets a really good critique from Tim. He does. Uh, Tim calls whatever Ricky's making stunning. He's like stunning. Just deliver it. All right. Just right, finish. Right. 
deliver it. So yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Cause I wrote in my notes, like Ricky is hopefully designing more confidently after being in the bottom two last week or, it, or one of the bottom teams last week. Um, and that's another thing. Like, it just seems like psychologically he's bounced back from that, which is interesting because usually people kind of spiral and Ricky doesn't seem to be spiraling after that. Um, now we head to Chris. <sighs> Chris not only is making a little blue dress, but Chris is also making a blue dress with pockets, huge pockets on the side with raw edges. And we're getting kind of a replay of straight Kevin's conversation with Tim mm, during that episode where the, there he's making this dress um, for prom. Same conversation. <laughs> but if you rem- well, remember the person who told Kevin that that was a no, no was Chris. And here we have Chris having the same conversation with Tim and I'm, and so Kev, so Chris, I'm sorry, um, uh, Tim does a very Tim thing where he goes, uh, what's up with these edges? And Chris is like, I like them raw like that. And Tim goes, why? <laughs> Chris, and Chris is like, oh, I like it. I'm going to stick to it. And, uh, Tim voices his right, you know, um, his hesitation with it. It, it says he says it seems incongruous. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you going to say, Patricia? <laughs> no, I, I I'm enjoying what you're saying <laughs> because I just think it's it, it. I think it's interesting, but also I feel like raw edges we're seeing is a sign of fatigue <laughs> because I don't think that Kevin will like. I don't think he was like just so gung ho about that as a design decision. I really feel like he didn't feel like hemming the edges of any of anything else. And I and I think here it's a design decision, but also a combination of some fatigue in a way. Um, where Chris is like, "This is kind of cool, denim, raw edges. It, it gives it a little bit of actual edge." So I'm just going to stick with it. But. Um, Unfortunately, solving the problem would mean a lot more work. And I kind of feel like Chris was like, I, you know, how about we take a nap after this? I'm done with this dress. So, um, so we have Jillian who's we in the middle of a very ambitious coat project where she's using 501, those, those red tags at the back with the pockets and she's using them as epaulets. So kind of another futuristic post-apocalyptic vibe that's very similar to last week. So yeah, it's a little, it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's a little worrisome and Tim doesn't say anything about it. He just tells her to keep going because she's behind. Um, Rami is actually making um, a very edgy dress and finishing his edges with zippers. It looks as if that dress is almost done actually by the time Mm -hmm. Tim gets to it. Um, Then we get to Victoria. Who looks like, it looks so confusing. I was so mad when I saw this. What were like, I was like, I was like, okay, you can't both make a coat for the second (laughs) week in a row separately. You made one together. You had great marks. You cannot do it again a second time. That's called boring. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also, it's kind of crazy. So again, like last week they made an iconic jacket. One of my favorite looks of all time on Project Runway. It was so good. But also it was was mostly Jillian who made that jacket all by herself. And so with this, again, I I, I get it. Sure. You're going to try to make another jacket because you're on a jacket streak. Fine. But Victoria... Um, it just really looks like she slapped a jacket top with a skirt bottom. Mm. And the main thing that she's worried about is that the denim color is slightly off. And I don't really know. So, I mean, uh, Tim described it as being patchworky. And I felt like that was the least of her problems <laughs> was that the denim colors were slightly off because um, it's almost like you can make that look cool in a way. But also in terms of like the mounds and mounds of fabric that they got, you couldn't find any denim that matched. I feel like yeah. that was a little lazy. That was strange. Or maybe she just wasn't thinking about matching them as she was getting things. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. No. Seems like everyone else thought about that, um, except for Victoria. Um, then we have Sweet Pea. And we just have like a, a mm. festival of mm-hmms from Tim. And he's looking around it and, and asking her, so what's your iconic rendition? And she's making a wedding dress. And we learned a little bit about Sweet Pea, who just got married a couple of years before this to um, her husband, Sage. So, <laughs> so cr- Sage is her husband's name. And she, I think she made her wedding dress. Um, so she's going she's so she's sort of doing it as like an a, an homage to him because also he's been supporting her career and um is is you know just you know loves her partner. So but according to Tim what she's making looks like happy hands at home granny circle. Oh my god that was so funny. And is it hippie? It's hippie. It's hippy dippy and Tim Tim's worst look I feel like is is uh what I call the home alone face where he puts his hands <laughs> on the side of his face and then the, then he booby traps your mannequin it's like it's just not a great not good. moment where he's just full on don't do this <laughs> so, yeah so this is sort of par for the course for sweepy um there there have been a couple of times where he's looked at looked at it and like what are you doing with this like it you know before it was like the the maxi pack comment um i would like to think that deep down tim really loves these back and forth with sweet pea but um because she doesn't annoy me at all like i really i, I find her very endearing and so i just kind of like, so I just kind of love these attempts because she always has a first attempt and then has to remake it because Tim is mm. like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. So he's been helpful to Sweet Pea. Yes. I think I think she's made better stuff because she's, she's had that feedback. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. All right. Um, Tim leaves. And um, there's a moment of, I would say breakdown in the workroom just maybe mental fatigue is is hitting these designers because we have Jillian who is really trying her best to complain about her complicated jacket but Chris is like listen 
This is episode nine. If you haven't learned by now that they're only going to give us five hours to do anything and you continue to do the same thing, making these complicated jackets, then you just refuse to listen and I'm over it. I'm over it. Chris is not Chris. Joe's like, I want to break down. I want to just complain and cry. I'm sewing through my fingernails. And Chris is like, I don't care. She's like, but I'm bleeding all over the place. And Chris March is just like, who cares? I'm not, I'm not bleeding. No one else has been here. (laughs) Stop refusing to learn the lesson already. (laughs) Chris has no sympathy for her. So it's like, we have Christian Seriano on one end. (laughs) Who is just the most annoying oh my character? God. And then can we have imagine? Jillian. <laughs> and can you imagine? On one hand, you have Jillian. I'm cutting myself. On the other hand, you have Christian. My God, this is not what fashion oh is. God. This is like what it's really like, guys. I know what it's like. Alexander McQueen, Vivian Westwood, guys. And then you have Jillian, like Ralph Lauren. This is not. <laughs> I know. Jillian's like, have you heard of Ariane Vitadini? Great bags. Really great bags. Such great bags. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I believe that Jillian, you, I feel like she might have been a former co-worker of yours, Patricia, back in the day. <laughs> oh, you think? I don't know. If so, you know what? We might have, we probably would have been friends. <laughs> One of those people, I'm just, you know, just, yeah. She, it's, it is very, very, um, interesting and i feel like i'm on the side of chris and his annoyance <laughs> with it's just Me like too. Oh, i'm bleeding and then rami's like where everywhere uh, everywhere there's blood all around me but i i will say that i i do sympathize a little bit with <laughs> jillian because they're all sort of having yeah. their little like spirals yeah in in their own ways because this is just such a hard challenge for them to, yeah. to thrust on them. Um, yeah. All right. So I'll, after all of this, it's sort of like we, we, we do hear from Christian who's kind of like, you know, not thumbing it in their eye, but Christian has immunity and admits like, this is a really hard one. They're making us take apart and put it back together and, you know, and make iconic pieces. There's so many things they're asking us to do in one day. And I'm so glad of immunity. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get to the day of the runway. And before we hit the runway, anything about this run up to, um, to our cheat sheet? No, I think I mentioned everything on my notes. Okay. Oh, they're all using a hot glue gun. Did you did you catch that? I thought that was really interesting. Um, I did see that, but I, I sort of thought I didn't think. I mean, I, I noticed it, but I didn't think it was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, get it done, get yeah. it done. <laughs> Again, thinking about just how little time they had for this, that um, all I think a lot of them were using glue guns to finish their garments and it's, this time. It's denim. Denim can take that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right, so let's get to the actual runway. So, listeners, this is where you can check the show notes and click on the link to get this week's cheat sheet. And um, I have titled this episode, Denim Demon in Some Mean Jeans. 
Nice. Yay. I don't know how, I don't know. I just was like, it doesn't make any sense really with the episode. Um, but I just thought it was just like hilarious, a hilarious assortment of words to put together. All right. Okay. So, um, we have Heidi Klum on the runway to welcome the designers. And I, I do believe that she announced that this is the last time that they'll offer immunity to the winner because after this, then no immunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have, right. Is that right? I think that was right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, you got it. Yeah. And then we have our normal judges. We have Michael Kors, Nina Garcia. And then, I mean, we have the most appropriate person on the judging panel. It is Caroline Calvin, who is the SVP of design for Levi's. I'm so glad that we have her back. So, um, all right, let's get to it. So in runway order, we start off with Chris March and we'll have Marcia, whose name I will always remember because she modeled the iconic uh outfit from last week um and they said her name a million times so marcia marcia is chris's model and um so she's wearing this little blue dress all right um what are your thoughts on this or actually if you want to like do you want to go by uh runway order or do you want to kind of like take it as a whole you know what? I'm feeling flexible about it. However you want to do it. Maybe as a whole, it's kind of easier. Yeah. Let's take it as a whole, but I'll, I'll intro our way into it um, by talking about Chris because Chris was, Chris's was my least favorite to look at. I would say, because it also reminded me of, was that the makeover episode two? I think, yeah, the makeover episode, the one where he came back after being eliminated Mm-hmm. And he made that like nautical looking outfit. Yes. It looked very similar to this this jean dress with the sweetheart neckline and this like mm-hmm. halter type deal. Yeah, and even the lines and the and the curvature of it, it felt it felt like a familiar dress, just in jean. Right. I mean, just in jean. Right. I mean, I thought this particular look was very much in line with Chris's style. Yeah. Um, I thought. I didn't understand why it needed so much embellishment on the neckline because mm-hmm. I actually thought the pockets and the curve of the pockets were cool. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand the need for like the rough edges mm-hmm. on the denim. Like, you know, like he could have taped that. So I think Chris is somebody who knows how to work on the fly with this kind of thing, like yes. very efficiently. Yeah. So I just, I just did not agree with the aesthetic decision of, about the, the little, uh, rough edges there, but I, I thought it was the top of the at the um, at the torso that I found too much. It was too like um, Madam at the brothel. By the way, mm. nothing wrong with that, but this is not a time warp challenge. So I felt like there were so many errors. Yeah. In this in this little blue dress, I loved the idea of going from doing a little black dress in blue. Hey. Like blue is like what is it? Oh no, never mind. That's like what Paris lives uh-huh. for, right? Yeah. It's like using black in I'm sorry, using blue instead of black in your yeah. wardrobe. Interesting. Right? So yeah, well, especially women, but also men too. Yeah. Traditionally, because I, I always thought that the idea or the concept of a little black dress was the simplicity of it, and also yeah. the um 
well, not maybe like the universality of it, but um, and, and Nina Garcia brings this up too, that it's timeless, but I think it's timeless because it is so simple, not very, um, not very complicated, not a lot of, you know, distinct references. You know, I would say like the halter is very, it feels like a, like, like a, like a really cute forties, fifties bathing suit, but as, yeah. as a denim dress. And again, with the choker. Yeah. Chris likes to style with chokers and make it unnecessary mm. to, I think the choker kills it for me. Wait, there's a choker? She has a choker on? Doesn't oh my she? gosh. Does she? Maybe on the runway. In the, In the chi-chi, she on, doesn't. Oh, I'm looking at the runway. On the runway, Summer. she had a choker? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's... Yeah, or she had like maybe a scarf that was, yeah, it was a scarf, excuse me. It is a purple scarf tied around the neck. Okay. And I didn't like that either. It sort of oh has the gosh. same effect as a choker because if you see it from the front, it just looks like a choker. You see it from the fat from the back, it's like a choker with wings, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. Many things. What is interesting to me is that um, I'm gonna I'm skipping to to Sweepy because there is this. There, I mean, the lines that he created on the, on the side panels of that dress were sort of like, because Michael Kors brings up, it's got that voodoo. It's got that, like, Right, magic. for Sweetie. Yeah. Yeah. Where, it has, where the lines do this thing where it, it, it moves along the body to kind of create a shape to it. Um, and his creates a shape. But there's so there's so much going on, even with the slight flare of the skirt, um, yeah. and and the flaps at the top. It's just very. I also I I think it's great that he made this in a day. But um, yeah, I just didn't yeah. didn't like it. It's actually really well made. I again same. I didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, very well made. Um, yeah. All right, so we can go to. I guess we'll. I mean, overall, I, I don't know. We don't have to talk about overall because I'm just going to go to Ricky next because there is this corset thing going on. It feels like a lot of people made a corset like thing. So I feel like there's a corset like thing with Chris. Um, Ricky's is mm-hmm. obviously a proper corset because we saw the under parts of it. We we saw him make it in the workroom. Um, not a lot of close ups, but I think it's interesting that they both have those flaps <laughs> going on at the top. And yeah, um, very interesting. And uh, in terms of the lines, but the way this this outfit walks so much better on the runway than it than it photographed to me because mm. I really hate the ruffles and flounce of the bottom part of this dress. This dress was so annoying. <laughs> Thank because you. It's almost like you know uh, those bubble uh, bubble skirts that apparently we're still in um he made like a little tiny bubble skirt where it Mm. looks as if the ruffles have some volume to them like they're kind of like inflated a little bit um i you know i thought it 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 also doesn't look like it fit very well but of course it's denim she's probably the the uh -hmm. it's a little wrinkled on the model which is fine but um i thought the lines were interesting but the flouncy part at the bottom i just really did not like it at all it's so infantilizing. Interesting. And That's an interesting It's word. infantilizing. Yeah. And it's so, sh- it, I think it's a little too short. I think it's like, 
two inches too short, you know, mm-hmm. for something that has a top like that. Because remember, you have this top that's mm-hmm. like almost like unfold me, and then there's buttons. Yeah. So it's very like I don't know. It's like a very let's just say the design is very romanticized. Hmm. Interesting. You know, and I, I I don't see any other function for those decisions. Yeah. I would I would even because you know I've never imagined wearing this outfit um, because I don't I like never. it and I've never liked it. <laughs> I remember seeing it for the first time. It's like, I don't like this outfit. I've, I will never like it. But if I imagine myself, if I imagine myself wearing this, I, I couldn't, I couldn't wear it because it's, I can see the buttons not like holding on for dear life. If it's not fitted properly. Um, if you have anything that's above a certain cup size um, or even like, um, you know, like the, the circumference of your your rib cage it's just a very difficult dress to to button up and even thinking yeah. about how that in jean jean form so in, like it's just buttoned up from her navel up into um the top of the dress which is a strapless dress um those jeans are also hard to wear you know yeah. when you're zipping up pants rather than or versus like buttoning up pants like it's just kind of also difficult to wear those types of things where it's just a bunch of buttons, but also to make it mm-hmm. dim. Like, yeah, I couldn't wear that. I couldn't wear that. Dress. Yeah. And also it's really hard to have a dress that folds, folds down at the top to provide flaps above your breasts, but low. Okay. So, um, this reminded me of a couple of dresses that, um, Oleg Cassini has done. I'm not really a, a super Oleg Cassini fan, but he did yeah. dress, well, whoever he dressed a lot of famous people, but like Grace Kelly and oh, oh, the person with oh, the Jackie O, um, Jackie O Nassus. Mm-hmm. So, um, but usually those flaps are higher up. They're sort of like they actually cover where your breast begins. This mm-hmm. is sort of like kind of halfway. Yeah. So it's a it's a very awkward shape. It you looks know, like. Oh, a dog in trouble. You know, like the flappy ears on like a really cute little puppy. Like the the ears are just like, oh, yeah. no. it looks like oh no ears yeah. kind of. And here's a little a little ruffle for you to go out in the rain. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't like this a lot of it. It's it a actually, puppy yeah. dress. The longer it's I a look puppy at dress. It, yeah. Um, it's interesting. Okay, so next let's go to Sweet Pea, who's next. And I hate this necklace. It's the worst part of this dress because I actually do like this dress. I wish that she had more time to line up the lines. Um, but but in terms of a strapless dress that I would wear or could wear um, yeah. as someone who's larger than an A cup, I could wear this dress. Mm-hmm. And it also looks soft. There's, there's a softness to yeah. it. And I love the lines. It almost looks like little petals on um, the design of it, these patched petals on the sides. And I, 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 I also wonder, so in order to modernize this, or I would say, or in order to take it out of the hippy dippy realm um, in response to Tim's critique, she uh, shortened the skirt part of it. So I was, I probably went to the floor or something like that, or maybe like to the model's ankles, but she um, she shortened it, which in a way also made it feel a little bit more 
pedestrian. And I don't say that in a, in a derogatory way. Um, this is a, this is a very commercial look that I, I don't know. I really liked it. I thought it was great. I liked it a lot. <laughs> I thought I did not understand this triangle of a different color at the bottom of the dress. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, had I been in Tim's shoes and I had seen this because I don't think Tim saw anything near this. Um, but while I don't like how almost a line it is, this should have been far more fitted. This should have been longer, mm. like knee length. I sound like such a brood. This should have been longer. <laughs> this is too short. Well, it would have looked like, less normal in a way. Like it feels exactly the, the silhouette is kind of like everyday beach wear. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, it's, which is fine, yeah. but but something something else is called for here. So that's why I thought if you made it more fitted and more longer, it would have looked dressier and more evening. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to play with what denim can do. Like, oh my gosh, this like strapless evening, knee length, fitted denim that's light, yeah. that's not dark. Yes. Like, then it starts to get interesting. And I do think a lot of people would wear that. Yeah, yeah. I oh. I think it's I think it's great. And she, you know, I really I'm really enjoying how she's she did play with this patchwork of the light and the dark, you know. Yeah. Um and you know, I feel like used her resources really well. Um as opposed to Victoria. Um everyone Ooh, is yeah. everyone is offering each other like a really nice segue. I have to say, because I'm like, mm, yeah. this one makes me think of this one. But yeah, it made me think of Victoria's because, of, you know, um, if we'll remember she was having a hard time finding denim washes that matched each other in color so that she could make herself a classic trench. And that's what she was doing as the iconic reference here. And it's still off. The color is off, which is fine. I didn't notice it. What I did notice was that it looks like she didn't do anything. <laughs> she didn't do anything. Um, it, I, I mean, I don't know if she lined the collar. It really looks like she fitted. She took a jean jacket. Like she pulled a jean jacket off of one of those clotheslines in that warehouse in the Navy Yard. And she fitted it to her model. And then she made a skirt. But I think this is meant to be one piece. And it looks like yeah. two. I don't even know what to say. It's so awkward. Everything about it, even with like a nude pump. I mean, I thought like, I don't even know what a nude pump is doing on a blue fly accessories wall because I thought that was like for drag queens. You know, I didn't even realize that like straight women wear nude pumps like that. Oh yeah, no, it's all all the rave right now. I I guess it started in 2007 because nude pumps are... (laughs) everywhere thing oh yeah. gosh yeah. i'm out of it i'm out of it um so yeah this whole thing was just so wrong yeah it's... and then we have oh i'm sorry no i was just gonna say it's so boring that, that's that's it is very, very very boring almost as boring in what comes next rami's dress okay what did you think about it did I, you like it i really liked the neckline yes the neckline I, was really good. Yes. There's this wonderful sculpted neckline. So this is the outfit that's lined with zippers. So it's, I think this is a one piece, right? This is a one yeah. piece. Yeah. And um, Rami has like circled the the edges of this outfit 
and also delineated little designs within it um, with the zipper. But kind of like Ricky, there is this pleated. Well, instead of it being like bubble, it's it's a pleated flounce at the very bottom. And for some weird reason, the zipper does this like, you know, waterfall at like where her crotch would be essentially like almost outlining where her legs are in the in the image um and like making it almost look like that like the outline of i don't know like of under maybe underwear or something um but what was the the best thing about it and it looked better on the runway than it does on this cheat sheet so by the time this model got to the photographer the neck was a little scrunched but i thought the sculpted neck was great it was really yes i agree but again, the top of the the top of the dress has nothing to do with with how the dress is finished. No, not at, at all. Th- at the thigh level, you not know. So it's all. just like, what's going it's on? It's really weird. It's you almost know? like you get down there, and all of a sudden, it's just like, dee, 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 dee. let's forget yeah. that we started with this edgy, wonderful sculptedness up here that also was very Rami. You know, is is kind of yeah. draped ish, but um, more it's sculptural. And then we forget all about the sculpture from the from the very bottom, and we're going to have this really weird nautical retro theme going on. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, but you did you really didn't like it. I I I didn't hate it, but you really didn't like it. I well because of the reasons that you don't like it, I don't like it. Like yeah, I like the top, but as a whole, the dress doesn't work for me. Yeah. <clears throat> the neckline is great, but, but that's that's it. And also, is her pump also <clears throat> not a pump? Are her shoes also? Yeah, are are those also nude? Probably not. Are they just yellow? It they're also yellow nude, yellowish nude. Yeah. Yeah, you called it. They really don't go with the with the dress at all. No, and I'm wondering if he was trying to <clears throat> match that with the zippers, but oh. What a but the zippers are sort of silver, not copper, not like right. They're not gold. No, the zippers are gold. It's like well, they are gold, like gold or whatever you call it. The I guess it isn't gold, but it's the like um, copper looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Well, let's go to. I don't know how to segue to Christian. Let's just go to Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Oh my goodness. What did you think so, about this? Okay, okay. So I will just say that originally my favorite outfit was this one when I first saw this episode straight off the bat. Um, not really even thinking again about putting myself into this outfit. So what Christian has done here has taken uh, jeans and made a jacket out of it and then taken jackets and made jeans out of it just kind of like switched it up which i would say in the timeline of this challenge is kind of extraordinary yeah it's <laughs> just true a, just being able to make two pieces but also um the only one who made pants <laughs> and I, and out of not pants like not doing a victoria but on on a pant side so I really, really loved the workmanship of it and what he was able to accomplish. And I thought the he's kind of ahead of his time with these jeans. So the um, the like the thing around the the knees that sort of look like 
um, like like knee pads. This yeah. is something that I really started seeing on the subway a lot in New York like a few years ago. And I don't really remember seeing that at this time. Like I don't remember seeing that that particular um, feature on pants. But it's now like a thing you see it all the time on like athleisure has those like whatever. Oh, almost yeah. looks like you're wearing Jake like Rude. Yeah. By the way, J. Crew was doing that at this time. Oh, they were also. Yeah. Really? Okay. Um, and I only know because I had a pair of maybe like a year or two after this. Okay. But you know who was doing the reason why I don't like this look? It's because mm-hmm. it's such such a So do you know this brand of jeans called G Star? Yes, I do know J-Star. Wait, J-Star. Yeah, J-Star. Yeah. So they are, um, I think they're from like, I don't know, Holland, the Netherlands, one of those. um, um, The Netherlands, I think. And they are actually, it's really funny when that this episode, I thought about J-Star early on in the episode Mm -hmm. when Chris and um, Christian are having a fight about what to do with denim. Mm -hmm. Because J-Star they started making jeans in like the eighties, but then in the, in like the late nineties, they came out with these jeans that were engineered so that you don't actually wash them. You freeze them. Yeah. Right. Do you remember that? No, but I know that that's a way that people, like people shove their jeans in the freezer, but I didn't know that that was because I've never known anybody who like, I didn't never knew a thing until G star came out with that line. And I was like, wow, that is very eco friendly. Yeah. Right. Um, so I thought about G-Star early on and then Christian makes this and I'm like, well, those are, that's, this is what G-Star looked like in 2007 or 2008. Mm -hmm. This is what it looked like. Oh. These like popped collar jackets. Um, so in a way, like I absolutely appreciate the craftsmanship. There are things that Christian is is doing that I I don't know if it's, I mean, I'm sure it's his own. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's like this knee pad, this like skinny denim thing that is with that knee pad and with like different details at the bottom is very G-Star from like literally from from like 1999 to 2010. And even now you can go to G-Star now and see stuff like this still. Yeah. I mean, I see Um, it now. Huh. Yeah. But they've been, they've been like kind of doing, I wouldn't say the same thing. They've, they've expanded to doing things like. Curve, curved, um, semi-curve. Like I, I mostly yeah. wear Levi's because they fit me really well. Mm-hmm. But um, so they, they've experimented with making things for curvy people, G-Star, mm-hmm. I mean. But they haven't really changed this sort of like DNA of like the slick urban gene. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well... Never mind. I mean, wait, no, not never mind. Like, I, I don't hear what you have to say. No, no, no. But it's sort of like, I, you know, because I was going to say, like, on second look, the thing that made me uncomfortable about this is just how tight these jeans were on yeah. this model, and yeah. how the only person who really could walk in something like that and look comfortable is a model who does it professionally. Yeah. Um, because it was just sort of, you know, again uh, just like just looked so uncomfortable to wear it's more more about 
Um, I can't, you know, I, I couldn't see myself wearing this at all. And also I thought that the, so you can see on the cheat sheet, I don't remember what it looked like on the runway, but on the cheat sheet, she's wearing like a really bright white shirt underneath. And for some reason, uh, the bottom of the jacket is, um, I think it might be a high low cut so that it's higher in the front and then it, it, it finishes lower in the back so you can see the shirt underneath. But again, I'm like, did he make that white shirt underneath there and why white? And I get it because they have bolts of white fabric, but, um, but it just, it, to me, it was, it was like, it just seems so weird. It just, I agree. Wear that white shirt with this outfit. <laughs> I don't think that jacket was well fitted. I I don't know why we have to see what's underneath at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't wear jackets to highlight my belly. I don't. No. Right? That's what this mm. one does. It's like, look at my belly button through the white shirt, you know? You know, that really is kind of like a a late 90s early aughts kind of thing, right? Where it was all about the midriff. I have a feeling that probably is also Yeah. a thing here. That's too. true. Because it just is inexplicable to me. I'm like, why? Why would you do that? It's so strange. What would you wear underneath that? It makes it so much harder to wear, that, that jacket. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's move on to our last designer, and that's Jillian. <laughs> I really wanted to like this. And I still, after all these years, really wanted to like this. But it's so funny. Looking at the cheat sheet of the images and also have to say like these photos were taken for Bravo by Barbara Nikki and um, these photographs have been so uh, revelatory if that's a word because what is happening with these sleeves oh my god Jillian there's so many things going on here and she could have focused a little bit more on just refining stuff so Jillian oh my god she's got a dress coat it is a dress coat with um like a really a wraparound high neck slash cow collar um she's got the epaulets on the right shoulder that are so sloppy looking she definitely glued those on yeah and then the sleeves are in a different wash but not different enough they just look dirty and then at the very end of the cuffs are kind of belled out she's got bell cuffs oh my god ruffles and then she's got um, like the the bottom skirt part that's just very flouncy all like, and then the same shoes from last week. <laughs> yes, I noticed that too. I was like, I saw those shoes. Like this, this, it's it's even worse on the cheat sheet. Like walking down the runway, Jillian in her voiceover was like, you know what? I'm just. I just wish I had more time to flesh out this jacket. But I see this as the beginning of a great idea. And I'm like, no, I would agree with you if I hadn't had these photographs. But like, oh, God, the sleeves are atrocious. They're a mess. <laughs> They're so terrible. <sighs> um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know what else to say about this i think you said it it's bad it's unfortunate i think i know that i know that jillian is better than this way better so much better i would like to know what jillian's capable i don't i would like to know what she's able to make when she when she streamlines her idea and forces herself to focus in a way that is within the constraints of the 
of the challenge the way Chris Marsh does every week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that is the end of that. Um, then we have our, 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 our judge deliberations and did anything sent out to you with the judges feedbacks, especially with Caroline Calvin? No, I mean, I am. Um, well, can I talk about what they said? Yeah. 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 Like, multiple. Yes. I was really surprised that they said, Oh, well this, I think they said Chris's Chris March's look was costumey. Right. Mm-hmm. Did that come up? I yeah. thought Christian's look was costumey. I thought Christian's look was like costumey in a different way. It was like 80s costume for a Blade Runner or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was sort of like, okay, so I understand there's a lot of craft and skill that went into making what Christian did undeniable, should be pointed out. Right. And, and, and you know, he should stay. I'm not saying you should go home. Yeah. But, but it's a, it, that's also a very dated look it's also a very costumey look yeah yeah i mean yeah i i yeah i totally agree with that i mean because i i don't yeah i I don't necessarily necessarily see it as costume but it's sort of like man it's so severe in a way um and and yeah, I, I I kind of think uh Chris sort of shot himself in the foot by re- referencing mm. the little black dress. Cause then you have, you know, fashion historian Nita Garcia being like, uh, hello. And also, yeah. I don't know if it was known at this time, but Nina Garcia is a queen of minimalism. Like she really, really mm. loves simplistic minimalist design. And I think little black dress is conjure in that category of minimalism and timelessness hmm. or whatever. So yeah. no, you're not going to slip that by Nina Garcia um, hmm. with that either. Yeah. I was really shocked at how well they received Ricky's outfit. I mean, Me too. I am so glad that they're like, Oh, you know, finally we're seeing your lingerie bonafides come out. Blah, blah. This is who we've yeah. been waiting for. I'm glad. But I was like, this one, of all the outfits, this outfit, really? Yeah. So that was the most confusing part to me. Um, so listeners, if you haven't surmised yet, so the top, so they were all left out there on on <laughs> on this on the runway, and our so so our top scorers were Ricky, Sweet Pea, Rami, and Christian, and then our low scoring designers were Chris. Victoria and Jillian. So, um, so the, yeah, so they love, love Ricky. And also he styled her, um, a la at that day, um, in a way that reminded Michael Kors oh. of Amy Winehouse. Yeah. So, which was wacky. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, um, also something that I feel like, like nudged it in his favor in a way. And then we have, um, of course, like Rami, where Rami got points for not draping the shit out of some den- denim. Like, right. I feel like, right. like they're just like, oh, thank you, Rami, for showing us something else you can do. And, uh, you know. Yeah. So he's listening, at least. 
Um, yeah, and I think it, it has been the best thing that um, Ricky has made. Yes, yeah. Or at least, like, I wouldn't say best thing, but just, like, the most well-crafted thing. Right. That and we've seen Ricky make. So, yeah. I mean, because I, I agree that he should have been at the top, but um, the amount of praise he got was, I was kind of surprised by that. Me too. Me too. Um, They really, really dinged Victoria, who I feel like we really have really not heard that much from, even when she was at the top. So we heard more from her last week, of course, because she and Jillian were um, the top two in the top two teams for the avant-garde challenge. But um, they come out and say it like, this looks like you didn't do any work. And she goes, you know, you would think that I didn't do anything that I just basically, you know, slept on my work table and woke up this morning and just snip, snip, snipped and put this together. But I was still in the sewing room sewing all night. I don't know why. And I'm like, oh, and it made me think, Victoria, do you even really want to be here? It felt sort of like a like an extreme version of Chris leaving his pocket edges raw it almost mm. was like like she was yeah. just sort of like waving goodbye with his outfit or something yeah um like yeah yeah i don't know it was awful and also inconsistent with how she works that's i think that's another thing that's really kind of insane to me um just that Victoria puts so much pressure on herself also in the way that a lot of these other designers do that. But in talking about how competitive she is and how meticulous she is and also how skilled she is as well. I don't think that really came out. Um, We saw a little bit of it last week or a lot of it. I should say we saw a lot of it last week. Those garments were beautifully made and Then we have this this week where for her and Jillian, I'm like, you guys showed off so well last week. You have to come back like Christian and Chris and at least show that you can sew. (laughs) Yeah. Not too much to ask. Yeah. yeah. At this point. Yeah. Um, What else? Um, I don't know. Any, I don't know. We didn't really talk about Sweet Pea. We did talk about Sweet Pea a little bit with them really yeah, loving yeah. the lines. But anything else that the judges mentioned? Not really. No. All right. So, okay. So they leave. They deliberate. Blah, blah, blah. They ask them to come back. And um, they announce the winner right away. So, Patricia. Who is the winner of this denim Levi 501 jean iconic challenge? The winner of, for this week is Ricky. <gasps> what? First win. First win. And not only does Ricky win and get immunity. Uh, he Ricky does not gets get a, immunity. Oh, Ricky does not get immunity. But Ricky gets a surprise prize. And they're actually going to sell, or in the 2007 version, we're going to sell a limited edition version of that dress at their stores. Um, This is so hilarious that Caroline Calvin didn't tell us this at the top of the episode, because just like every other 
um, time when there is a chance for them to show or for a chance for them to manufacture and sell a garment. They're just like, you may get this opportunity if we like it. Right. You might get it. They didn't even announce it. They're like, we have to. No, no, no. Our contract says if they're all but ugly, then no, we'll just choose a winner. Right. And then we'll just sneak out the back door. But they actually like Ricky's garment enough that where they're like, well, we'll, we'll sell this. And in a way, this kind of explains why I think Ricky's dress won over. I do believe one over like say for instance Rami or Christian or even Sweet Pea because it probably was also the cheapest to make mm, interesting factual wise it seemed like the simplest yeah. in a way right I think I I bet you're right yeah yeah totally um, agree Rami's dress probably would have been like I don't know $300 <laughs> or $400 with that with the with the the zipper stuff the zippers on, and all the work all the and hardware the... yeah you know, um, they'd have to change the needle on the machine like every three minutes exactly. to accomplish any of this. Yeah. Also, he would have been, you know, he would have flown in from wherever he was around the world back to America to. <laughs> oh, right. Right. He just works so, here. He's not yeah, an American no, he's designer. Not American. He just no, works here. not an American designer. No. Um, <laughs> so, um, and then we have our last two designers so it was between victoria and jillian and patricia who goes home this week this week we say goodbye to victoria oh yeah yeah um and she kind of leaves she's i think the only designer so far who's left without saying goodbye to the judges <laughs> she just says like you know double kisses and alfita saying's Heidi and then just sleeks off just bye you know no bye yeah I'm done okay bye (laughs) so yeah that's that's it that's the end of that um we say goodbye to Victoria we have Ricky as a winner we'll see how the workroom responds to that next week because they all hate him apparently (laughs) or I shouldn't say hate him uh it's a very strong word they they don't respect his presence in the workroom. They don't think he's worth being there, which is really terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's an awful, awful um, environment to be working in. So we'll see how they respond to this. So uh, a lot more drama to look forward to. Um, So Patricia, since we're at the end of the episode, do you have anything to share with our listeners? And can you remind them how to find you? Yes, I can be found while loitering on the Workroom Podcast's Instagram. Um, I'm there every week. (laughs) And I can be found um, individually on Twitter and on Instagram with the same handle. That's Sense Insight for Common Sense and Optical Sight. S-E-N-S-E-A-N-D-S-I-G-H-T. And um, I don't have anything to share other than just check in. Keep checking in with everybody you care about at this time. Yeah. Ditto. Or That's all. I agree. Yes. And, and, and where can we find you, Hernez, and news about your work? Yes, you can find me on the interwebs at Hernez. H-E-R-N-E-A-S-E. And on my website, HernezDavis.com. And you can also find us on our Instagram at the workroom 
podcast and on Facebook, please continue to visit us there. Again, send us your rants. Um, send us your thoughts, your, uh, yeah, any, any opinions you might have. And, um, yeah, I'll just echo Patricia. Please continue to take care of each other, take care of yourselves and, um, your loved ones in the midst of these (laughs) extraordinary times. So, um, and thank you again for hanging in there with us as we go through this amazing and infuriating and hilarious and complicated season of Project Runway season four. And um, until next week, we'll both say goodbye. Bye.